because I stopped working out and I needed to get back to working out and so I, I've added that to my life and so uh, I'm about in that little stretch and I tell you I can feel it right now you know I don't know why that in this middle stretch it's gotten the toughest the first week I got back on my machine my Bowflex train my Bowflex Bowflex match trainer uh, it, it, you know how sometimes you haven't worked out in a long time, and that first week is not as bad as you thought it was going to be. And then the second week, it, it's okay, but boy, by that third week, you start feeling every little pain, every little, you can barely breathe, you know, and that's kind of where I've been in the third week. It's, uh, it's I can feel it. But at the same time, it's, it's, it, it, although it's been my toughest week, I feel better, but it hurts worse this week. Amen? That, you, you understand what I'm saying? I feel better, but it's hurting the most this week. But I can tell the difference. When I walk around, you know, now I, you know, a little extra bounce and a little extra energy, I can, I, feel better, but when I get on the machine, it hurts worse. Uh, so, so I'm seeing some results. So in other words, I know it's working for my good. It hurt a little bit, but I can tell it's still working for my good. I've come to realize that it's not about how we feel. It's more about what is produced. Let me say that again. It's not about how we feel. There are plenty of things that make you feel good, <laughs> but are not good for you. There's a whole lot that we can feel good about but not necessarily good for us. Right, right. Amen. God said in his word that he's working in all things for our good. Romans 28, 8 and 28 says that it's working for our good. Not that we would feel good, but that we would receive good. I need, to, I need to make that distinction because sometimes we, we think we're supposed to what feel good all the time. And matter of fact, we often will draw the conclusion that if it's not feeling good, it must not be right. Oh, I wish I had some witnesses in the house. Somehow we equate something being good for us with the way we feel. I just stopped by to tell you that it was never, God never intended that everything feels good, but God wants everything to be good for you in your life. So if you're always equating whether it feels good with whether or not it's God, then you're missing something. Stop looking for the things that will make you feel good and start focusing on the things that will produce good right. in your life. 
life. There's a difference. Because <laughs> what is produced, the good that is produced, doesn't, oftentimes, does not feel good. As we look at this morning's text, the Israelites have been in the wilderness 40 years. 40 years. And I would imagine in those 40 years, as we read the story, you understand that leading this nomadic life, being dependent upon manna that's falling from heaven and nothing really else for the most part, a few other things, but that was the main substance, that was the main thing. God was bringing manna and feeding them and taking care of them. They were dependent upon that, which is not saying that that's a bad thing. But it was just the way in which their life was being lived out. They had no concrete place to call home. Yet God was preparing them for his good. It was delayed because they weren't ready for the good that God had for them. Are you with me? They wanted to feel good but they weren't ready for God's good. We have to be ready to receive the good that God has for us. God has a good for you, but the question is, are you ready? Are you ready to receive the good that can he release it to you? We must not equate feeling good once again with the good that God has for us. Because oftentimes it would, it will not feel good. It feel good being in the wilderness for 40 years. But God still had a good for them. Uh, I would imagine I, 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 it didn't feel good for Abraham to leave his family. But God still had a particular good in mind. Couldn't have felt good for Moses to leave the royal comforts of Pharaoh's palace <laughs> to journey <laughs> down into these deep, dark places. He couldn't have felt good, but God still had a good in mind. It feel good for Joseph to be sold into slavery by his brothers, but God still had a weapon good in mind. It feel good, church. So just because it doesn't feel, you don't feel it, doesn't mean God ain't working on the good that he's trying to release in your life. God does have good in mind when it comes to you. Maybe facing some trials right now and some challenges right now. But I stopped by to tell you that God still has a good in mind for you. Don't you lose focus on the fact that God still has the good in mind for you. No matter what you encounter, nothing can watch this. Nothing can take away the good that God has already has in store for you. God has a good in mind because he's already built it 
good into everything that he's created. Look, in Genesis, in Genesis, after his creation, he confirmed it by saying what? It was good. So good started in Genesis. But watch this. And when it started, and I remember when he created it all, he also created that which was good and that which was not, that which had not fallen and been broken. So we had what? Paradise. It was all good at, at that particular time. And so now when we scroll forward, even to Revelations, what we discover, we understand that we're moving back to this paradise in a sense. And so even though we've fallen and even though we go through all of these trials, watch this, church. Good was in the beginning and good is going to be in the end. I wish I had somebody. So in the creative order of everything, it starts with good and it ends with good. <laughs> so good is what? Built into every single thing. So whether you believe it or not, even when I face bad, I can't help but move towards good. Because what if I go back to the beginning, it was good. And if I move forward to the end, it's still good. So good is what already built into every single aspect of life. I can't get away from his good. <laughs> Bad might come, but I'm still within the boundaries of what God's good. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. So, 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 so we, we have this good that's built in. It's built in. In other words, I don't even have to look for good because good is always around to me. <laughs> it's always around me. That's why he says in his word, watch this, watch this. Y'all know I'm in Bible country. Surely, goodness of God and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life because it's already what built in. Why are you looking? Watch this. Why are you looking for what you already have? Looking, looking, looking. 
a good job? Is he a good man? Yeah. Is she a good woman? Yeah. You look at him. You look at him. You look at him. You look at him. You keep looking. But I just said something to you. You don't look for good, you read good. God, I was Don't miss this. You read good. You keep looking for it. And oftentimes as you look for it, you keep getting disappointed as you look for it. Because yeah. God didn't intend for you to look for it. He intended for you to what? Read it. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, God, I wish I had somebody in here that understood what I was preaching about. Yeah. You keep looking and looking and looking. You're knocking on this door. Is it good here? Is it good here? Yeah. <laughs> You're knocking on this door. Is it good here? Is it good there? <laughs> you have to read. Which means that, watch this, you have to plant it in order to reap it. Because the Bible says what? We reap what we sow. We reap what we sow. See, good is in your what? It's, it's, it's within, it's built in, it's within parameters of who I am. And so therefore, if I sow good, then I reap good. But if I never sow anything, how can I reap something if I don't sow anything? So, 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 so. So, so. Don't look for it, reap it. Which means you must plant something in order to receive something. Watch this. God got them to the promised land. Mm -hmm. But they had to plant something in the promised land. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in order for something good to come from the promised land. God, I wish I had just two folks that understood what I was preaching right now. See, you're walking already in the promise. Oh, God. <laughs> you're already in the promise. But you gotta what? Plant something in the promise in order to receive something from the promise. <laughs> oh, God, I wish I had somebody in here. <laughs> they were in the promised land, but they still had to what? Plant some seeds in the ground. It's interesting. Watch this. Before they were even conquered the land, God had to plant something in order to receive something from the land. But so they had to what? They had to wait until that what? That plant and that seed had materialized into something. And so they were in the promise, had to plant it in order to receive from it. Can I scroll forward right now? Some 2000? No, no, no. Well beyond that time frame. <laughs> Years later, right now, current, current. You live in the promises of God, but the question is whether or not you planting while you're in the promise. You keep wanting something, but are you planting anything? We want God to produce something, but are you planting anything? You have to plant something good in order for something good to come back. 
are you operating in the promise? The promise that he never leave you or forsake you. The promise that no weapons formed against you shall prosper. <laughs> the promise that you're more than a conqueror. You've got to plan it in order to receive from it. They planned this in the promise. The giants were still there. Are y'all with me? The giants were still in the land. The enemy was still there. But they were still what? Planned. Even with the enemy all the way around, all around. They, they, they were still dropping seeds the good that they wanted to receive. So watch this. The good that they wanted to receive was greater than the foe that they had to face. So in other words, when God says he, they knew it was, they were operating according to God's time. Everything was based upon God's timing. That's how it is in life. Everything is according to God's time. God is still working on some things, but it's always according to what God's time. When, when we plant, we plant, but God is the one that really what causes it to grow. Everything is God's. See, we live according to Kairos, not necessarily Kronos. And so everything happens based upon God's time. God is still working some things in your life and working towards the good, and you can't rush it. You know how you're a little kid, little boy, and you wanted that cake, mama put that cake in the oven. And you were impatient because she had already allowed you to lick the bowl and lick the, uh, the, the, uh, the mixer things. You know, we get so excited about licking that. We don't do that no more because now we say it's bad for us, you know. You know. But when I was a kid, I grew up, y'all know what I'm You lick those four weeks. You lick the bowl, you lick the little mixer. Candles and boy, one, my, my, old, my oldest brother now, he got one and I got one. And boy, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing how all these things that they said was bad for us. Now, you know, everything bad for you now, you know, everything. But anyway, <laughs> but you couldn't wait until the cake, you run up, is it ready? You looking all in the oven? But you had to wait. You had to work, wait. And there's things that we have to wait for because God understands how to bring forth goodness, but it has to bake sometimes according to God's time. Look, here's the interesting thing. I'm teaching you some of this this morning. Look, it, this was the third Passover. This was the third Passover. It was interesting. That they were able to celebrate the third Passover as soon as they stepped into the promised land. Now, do you think that that's coincidence? 
That was according to what? God's time. Wow. God had orchestrated this thing and set it up to where they would celebrate Passover at that particular time. There's some things that God is doing in your life. It's not going to help it happen when you want it to, but it's going to happen when God wants to bring forth the good out of that situation. Is still baking. He's still working and bringing it all together. What for your good? The key is faith says that I'm gonna plant the seeds of goodness and I'll let God handle the rest. That's what faith says. That if I plant it. That God will bring it forth. And so, things may look beyond repair. Things may look bad. But if I plan it, that God will bring forth what I need. That once again, they were around. They still hadn't conquered the land. But they were still planted. And in due season, God was going to give them the goodness of what he had promised him. So if I plant, even though they had conquered the land, it had necessary. God had, had, had prophesied, God had released it to them, but they had taken possession of it. So they were planting and planting. Look, when I think about our world, how it's so divided, a world where racism and hatred is on the rise. Y'all do know it's on the rise, right? A world where there's a growing gap between the haves and the have-nots. You know, I could preach right there. I don't know about you, but it's just getting more and more expensive to live and operate in America. No, I'm really, I'm talking about there's a premium on basic needs now. That, that's crazy. That, that they're charging you an absorbent amount of money for the things that you actually need. You know, health, there shouldn't be a premium on good health. But there's a premium on good health. Now, last time I checked, why is it that salad costs more than a hunt entree these days? What a meat. That was the cheapest thing you could. Matter of fact, they used to give it to you free. <laughs> No, nah, you don't even get your salad free in the morning. I wish I had somebody in here. It was free. Yes. I, last night I went to, now, it, this nothing. No, no, see, I'm fussing now, y'all. I left the sermon, I'm fussing now. I went to go get something. Where was I? I went to go get a pizza. I go in to get a pizza, and, and I order it online. I order it online. I say, I'm going to carry it out. 
And then before I can, you know, I paid for it online, before I could get out of pay, they talking about a tip. Tip for what? need a tip. Taking my time to drive to your business, spend my money on your food, getting out of my car, and you got the nerve enough to ask me for a tip. We 
got a world where only the rich can afford certain things. There are broken things in our society. But one must believe that if we plant something different, we'll reap something different. When are we going to realize, number one, great is he that is in us than he that is in this world. Yeah. When are we going to realize that we are the majority yeah. and not the minority? Yeah. 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 When are we going to realize that yeah. begin to operate different, that God can still, still bring forth a good in spite of all of this that is around us? Yeah. There's a particular concept uh, I know has to make a love this, uh, that our Jewish brothers and sisters uh, used to describe how they, how they call uh, to respond to the world that seems to be falling apart. It's a process um, that calls for humanity to, to go into action. And the word is tikkun olam, tikkun olam. In the simplest terms, it means to repair the world. Tikkun Olam. When the fabric of society is torn. Tikkun Olam. Not only calls for us to participate in amending what is torn, but it also calls for us to make it better. God calls us to participate in our own reconciliation and restoration. To repair systems and structures that have been cracked. We don't have to look very far to see the cracks in the foundations all over the place in America. Reading online the other day, parents torturing and killing their children. Massacres in the, on the rise. When you look at what recently happened in New Zealand, Hate crimes everywhere and advancing more and more amongst our young people. Yeah. God's harmonious creation has gone astray. And in a real sense, we need to take a hold, repair the world. We need fault to help repair the world by dropping seeds of love. Seeds of peace. Seeds of grace. Seeds. See, where, where, where there's hate, we need to be dropping love. Where there's pain, we need to be dropping peace. I told you that the enemies were still in the land, but they were still planting even while the enemies ain't in the land. While your enemies are all around you, we are the light and the salt of the we should be bringing peace and dropping seeds. If we're going to expect some good, then we've got to what? Plant some good. We got a TV old. It's not a quick fix. But I believe we fix we can fix our issues by dropping those seeds. 
we fix. And sometimes we need to start writing our own families. Amen, Amen somebody. Amen. You need to teach over right in your own family and begin to drop some seeds of forgiveness in your own family. See, I believe that when we start dropping seeds, even in our own families, that means that all of a sudden the effects of the good that comes out of that, because your family is a part of the community, so therefore it turns around and it repairs what's in the community. And if you can repair your family, you repair the community. And when you repair the community, you repair the state. And when you repair the state, you go on to repair the country. And when you repair the country, you'll repair the world. Responsibility was the Israelites declaring season, a season to plant, but it was also a season to reap. I believe it's our season. Every Christian on the rise up, I believe it's our season. Our season to plant, but it's also our season to reap. We can't repair our families. We can't repair this world. It's our season to change things. It's our season to experience the goodness of the Lord. God will produce if we plant. It's time to drop some seeds. I wish I had some seeds in my pocket right now. Yeah. <laughs> seeds of healing right now. Yeah. Seeds of peace right now. Yeah. This is our season. And it's all working together for our good. It's our season to plant and drop. You looking for a breakthrough, drop some things that will produce your breakthrough. Season. So I'm glad to say that this is my season of grace and favor. Season. But I have some. It's our season to reap what we have sown. God wants to do some things in our lives and bring forth the good that He's already planted, that He's already that He's already prepared the earth for. Yeah. We just need to plant the seeds. Yeah. See, if you need healing in here, you just need to drop the seed of healing right now into the earth. Yeah. If you need hope right now, you just need to drop the seeds of hope. If you need some joy right now, you just need to start dropping the seeds of joy right now. Even in the midst of your sadness, here's what I'm trying to tell you. Even in the midst of your pain, you can begin to drop seeds of joy. When I was in college, I, 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 as a young man, I, I always said, you know, I, was, I could have gone bad. I really could have. You don't understand how I grew up. I grew up on right 
right next to the streets in a sense. A lot of my friends went one way or the other. And I easily could have gone the other way. I could have been a casualty to the streets. And I'm not saying that I never did anything wrong. I did. I did a lot of wrong. But there was something on the inside of me always saying, God is fucked. Or in spite of all the wrong that you're doing, you better drop some seeds of goodness. So I never allowed the bad things I was doing to dictate the good things I ought to be doing. So I was dropping the goodness too. And eventually, what began to produce and come forth in the goodness started winning me over. <laughs> we have to drop some good. We have to do some things that bring forth goodness. It's already your season. What are you waiting on? Drop your goodness into the earth. It's our season. God is able to work in it all. Come on, it's your season to reap what you've sown. And everything is worth for our good. My name is Nicholas Worse. I'm the executive minister here at One Fellowship Church in Waco, Texas. I just want to say thank you for listening. You can learn more about our church online at onefellowshipumc.org. And you can like us on Facebook to stay up to date with all the latest events in our community. Please feel free to share this message and others online so that more people can learn about what God is doing here at One Fellowship. Thank you and God bless. Yes.